podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Mitz. Tonight we have a wrap-up of the West Virginia game. Um, didn't go quite as well as we were hoping, but I, I have Mike Plank joining me tonight, as seems to be our usual, uh, to go over that game and kind of talk about what we saw there. Uh, we've hit the halfway point of the season, so we have a little bit of talk about kind of what that means going forward. Just a couple things to note really quick before we get into this interview. Um, first of all, there's a particular defensive play that we talk about late in the interview and uh unfortunately we both were were kind of fooled by uh the inability of ESPN's gamecast to actually have the correct play by play the particular pass that we're talking about and I'm pretty sure you guys are all aware of which one it probably is um it was not showing up in the gamecast and we did not realize it at the time so we we actually came to a conclusion about the the uh the Hassan defense you know incompletion that should have been an interception, um, and that it didn't really matter. Unfortunately, that that actually isn't the case um, because again, it showed up in the or it didn't show up in the actual drive that it was in, which led us to kind of think that it was the wrong thing. So, um, second second note here, um, we actually recorded this prior to the news coming out that Kansas had lost the uh, tight end. Cundiff, uh, out of the recruiting class. So we, we talk about him potentially decommitting. That's because we actually recorded this, um, probably about an hour before that news came out. So just a couple of things to keep in mind while you are listening to this. So, but I will go ahead and get you right on over to the interview with Mike. And I'm joined now once again by Mike Plank, the editor in chief over at Rock Chalk Talk. Mike, how are you doing tonight? Andy, I'm doing pretty good, my friend. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'd be doing a whole lot better if we didn't have a football coach right now, but uh, we'll actually get to that in just a few. But <laughs> how how about that West Virginia game? Um, well, there's not much to say. Um, West Virginia had over 500 yards of total offense. Um, Kansas turned the ball over three times. Um, the KU defense got two delay of game penalties. Um I don't know, man. This is a lot closer. The score was a lot closer than what the box score indicates it should have been. Yeah, I mean, and and it really comes down to the four turnovers that Kansas was able to force. Um, what I want to know, though, is do you think that that's more a product of Will Greer pushing it too hard, or was Kansas actually playing fairly well on defense for the most part? I mean, they gave up over 500 yards of total offense, man. I don't know that you can say that that was a – Good but, defensive performance. But, I mean, is it good they got the turnovers? Yeah, but, um, but I mean, I don't, fair, I don't know how much of it was Greer and how much of it was the defensive scheme, you know? But but to be fair, I, I, I know you watched the Kansas City Chiefs football game today. Um, how would you say that their defense played today? Wait wait a second. How do you know what I did today? Because we were talking about it, I thought, on, on Twitter. <laughs> 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 I was complaining about about them going away from the Chiefs game when it wasn't over yet, and you were saying that's what I get for not living in the area. I just assumed that you were watching. No, that Chiefs game was over. Um, Jacksonville wasn't doing anything, and I don't know what the what the box score looked like. I'm not that big of a Chiefs fan. Um, 
So I don't know how the Chiefs defense did overall. I mean, Bortles threw the ball four times. What do you want him to do? Uh, and the defense actually scored a touchdown on one of those. Um, and in contrast, here, so here's the thing. So Greer's three interceptions were all in the end zone. None of them set KU up on in plus territory on West Virginia side of the field. Um, even Greer's fumble was in Kansas territory. Like, all that did was keep them from scoring more points. It didn't set KU's offense up. It didn't it didn't take West Virginia's offense off the field because they had already driven down the field. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying here? Well, but, but in a way, I mean, it essentially was, you know, they gave up a ton of yards, but they stopped them from scoring, which, I mean, that's the goal of the defense is to stop the opponent from scoring. Honestly, it's hard to, for me to say that the defense had a bad game. It wasn't as good as it could have been, but they definitely didn't have a bad game. They had four turnovers. They stopped three scoring drives that looked like they were that – you know, West West Virginia honestly should have had another 21 points, but Kansas came up yeah. with huge turnovers in the end zone. Like you know, backed up against the wall, they made a big play. And while I do agree that Will Greer was was forcing it a little bit, it definitely seemed like that. The you know, two of those interceptions was actually a guy who was outside of the play coming in and making a good read on the ball and actually picking the ball at that point. So. You know, there was one where he literally just threw it to the guy that was standing right in front of his intended receiver. Like, that was him making a bad pass. But the rest of those were guys made really good plays on the ball. And, and even that, that, that fumble, it's not like he just all of a sudden let go of the ball. I mean, he was hit, you know, and, and the, the fumble was forced. So it wasn't like him, you know, just letting go of the ball and just giving it to him. So the defense made big plays. That being said, they still got burned deep multiple times. You know, they still had some real serious problems. So, I mean, I would I would give the defense a fairly good grade, but there's definitely room for improvement still. But obviously, the big issue with the game was the offense. The fact the offense just couldn't get anything done. Well, I'm not I'm not letting you off the hook just yet, Andy. All that right. Defense gave, that defense gave up over 500 yards. Uh, they still, West Virginia, still scored 38 points and only punted twice. Well, again, you know, sure they only they only punted twice, but they were stopped on six drives then, because you know they had the the four turnovers, so those count as stops for the defense. Even though they didn't force them to punt, they still were able to stop them from scoring. Now, granted, I I do agree they gave up way too many yards, but I think I honestly I think that people put way too much um, importance on the number of yards that a defense gives up. I'm not saying like I would rather that they only gave up, you know, 250 yards or something like that. But a team can give up a bunch of yards and if they're able to stop scoring at the very end, you know, they did their job. Sure, they let the offense get in a rhythm and and do all of that, but they did their job and stopped them from scoring. So, again, you know, it's it's similar to what happened today in the the Chiefs game. The Chiefs gave up over 500 yards of offense and yet you would be very hard pressed to find anybody who watched that game that said that the Chiefs defense played really really poorly. Like did Jacksonville score 38 points? No, no, they didn't. And, and like I said, the defense obviously did some things wrong. They got beat deep a few times, but you can still give up a ton of yards and not have a very bad performance. I mean, you, you could still overall play well, but give up a ton of yards as long as you buckle down when things really matter. Now, granted, Kansas didn't do that in, in all cases, but this was also a West Virginia team that I think everybody going into that game assumed that they were going to score at least 50 to 55 points. 
I mean, I, I don't know anybody that I talked to that thought that, that Kansas would be able to stop West Virginia from scoring 40 or more. And one of those touchdowns came in garbage time as, you know, West West Virginia was clearly frustrated with the way that they had played. And so they kept right, playing right. all the way to the very end. Um, you know, I mean, that game was over and then West Virginia scored a garbage time touchdown and Kansas came back and scored a garbage time touchdown just for the fun of it. So, you know, that, I mean, honestly, the defense essentially held West West Virginia to about 30 points. Um, and then the Kansas offense, you know, if we're not counting garbage time where it really seemed like West Virginia wasn't trying, the offense only scored 15. And that was, and that was a problem, or I'm sorry, 14. And that was a problem. Like they only scored two touchdowns outside of that, that garbage time. So, you know, you can say, yes, the defense didn't play as well as they should, but I don't think this is any different than any other, you know, game in the past three years where we've been talking about the defense actually plays pretty well, but the offense can't get anything going. And finally the defense gives in West Virginia scored a little bit early, but I mean, they scored 21 points in the first half, you know, and, and that, it could have been a whole lot worse. The defense stopped it from being a whole lot worse. And the offense didn't give them any support at all for that first half. So, Yeah, and, I'm, and I don't want all seven people listening to think that, you know, I'm hating <laughs> on the Kansas defense. Like, you know, I, I'm really not trying to do that. They did do some good things, and you mentioned a lot of it, but I would like to add, you know, they sacked Greer five times. They had ten tackles for loss. West Virginia is a team – um, they said this on the radio broadcast. West Virginia, as a, as a team, had only had 14, allowed 14 tackles for loss in their first four games. So they really put the pressure on him. Um, they did a good job of getting into the backfield, of pressuring Greer. Um, but, I mean, they, they still gave up 38 points. They still gave up 500 yards. Um, I, how many? Let me check real quick. How many first downs did they get? They, West Virginia had 29 first downs. That's an absurd number. Like, it's just um, – I mean, yeah, there are a few good things, but the the bad still outweighs the good here, in my opinion. Well, oh yeah, I mean, it it, it definitely does. But the other thing to think about too, I mean, you 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 talk about they had twenty nine first downs, and they had let's see, one, two, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I mean, they had twelve drives, so that's like about an average of you know two first downs or two and a half first downs on each of their drives, which when you think of how many yards they racked up, or I'm sorry, how many opportunities that they had to get first downs, I mean, 29 isn't isn't a good number, but it's also not as bad as it could have been. Um, of course, that particular number also could have been better if they had given up, you know, a ton of 60-yard bombs or things like that. So, um, I mean, <laughs> I almost I almost think that in a way, like it's it's a it's a middle of the road number for having given up that much. I don't think I don't read too much into how many first downs that they got. Um, but again, I like I'm I'm not trying to argue that the team that any facet of the team played really well. But I would say that the defense I thought was much improved compared to how they had played against Baylor and how they had played against well e- even how they played against Oklahoma State. And it really it was just the fact that. You know, if you give West Virginia that many chances to burn you deep, they're going to. Like, it's it's not possible to keep an offense like that down when your offense isn't doing anything at all for you. So, um, but okay, enough uh, enough arguing about how well the defense played. Obviously, the team didn't <laughs> play very well. Um, I think the defense was the only bright spot out of that entire game. Um, I think <laughs> part of the problem, I you know. Obviously, we've been talking about coaching issues for the longest time, but 
we're, we're back to the normal in-game QB carousel, which I don't, you know, I don't think that helped Kansas at all. Carter Stanley got, I believe, four four plays in the in the beginning of the game before he got yanked for Bender. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong on that. That that sounds right to me. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think I think that's the biggest culprit. The fact that you know Carter Stanley didn't get any chance to get um, comfortable at all to really work on anything. And I mean, granted, there was a fumble there, and so you know. <laughs> I mean, it's how much not, of that was on Carter Stanley, though. I mean, was like we don't know. Like, was the running back in the, running the wrong play? Like, we we just don't know. Well, right. Was, if wasn't I remember, that on a read option? If I remember right, yeah, it was supposed to be. It, it looked like it was supposed to be um, like a, a, a sweep out to the side. He was supposed to have the option to pitch it. The guy got into his lane. It almost looked. You're right. I think that the the running back went upfield a little too quick, which gave away the lane for him to be able to, to pitch it out to him. And so then he reversed field. If, if I'm remembering the, the, the right play, he tried to reverse field to try to get out of it, and the guy caught up to him and he fumbled it. He, he, he recovered it, but again, it was on fourth and one, you know, a really, really bad play. That, that set, that set uh, West, West Virginia up on the KU 35-yard line, and they immediately yeah. went in and scored. So, so again, I mean, that's an example of, yeah, sure. West West Virginia scored really quick, but the offense didn't do the defense any favors, giving them that that short field to have to try to defend. In fact, the first series of the game was a three and out. West Virginia lost two yards and had to punt it. Then Kansas gets the ball, fumbles it, gives West Virginia a short field, and then you know, and then at that point the offense goes three and out for two yards. Um, West Virginia got a nice long drive there, but after that they didn't really do anything. Um, they had the one touchdown after a, a trading of interceptions, but West Virginia was able to come right back. Um, and then after that, actually, there was three, you know, there, there was a ton of interceptions right at the end. So the defense was doing everything that it could to try to stop West Virginia from doing anything. And the offense couldn't help them out, either giving the ball right back to them or, you know, just immediately giving the ball, you know, well, I'm sorry, either not going anywhere and giving the ball back to him by punting or giving it back on a, on a, on a turnover right away. So. Yeah. And I don't want to sit here and play Carter Stanley apologist, but what oh, I don't no. know, the, I don't know if the interception was necessarily his fault either. Wasn't, wasn't there a breakdown on the offensive line and it got tipped and the, somebody else caught it. Uh, let me see the interception that I'm talking about. Oh, you're talking about that 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 first interception. Yeah, which, Stanley's interception. Which I I believe that that is the case. I don't remember. I know I know that the one that Bender threw was just uh, he threw way behind his guy for whatever reason, and it was just oh, a, hor- a horrible. Uh, I was horrible just battle, shocked so. to see that happen. Yeah, I was just shocked to see that happen. <laughs> right. We've 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 never seen that one before, right? Right. Exactly. Oh, gosh. All right. So. I mean, I want to try to get into this game somewhat, but I also don't want to get dragged down into the the cesspool that that game was. So um, <laughs> why don't we leave it at this? What Were there any bright spots out of that game, other than the argument we've already had about the defense? Is like, Is there anything that you take from that game as a positive moving forward that they can build on? Oh, um, I mean, is, is, is the only answer here Puka, or is there something else that we can talk about? <laughs> I mean, let me click over to the box score here real quick. Um, I mean, Puka only, only had 65 yards. Um, but I really want to answer your question positively, but I, I don't know that I can, Andy. Um, I'm, the pressure, the, 
I, I'm just going to have to fall back on what we talked about a few minutes ago with the, the sacks of Greer and the, the tackles in the backfield. Kansas got pressure. They got penetration. They got into the backfield. And it, it wreaked some havoc on the West Virginia uh, psyche, I'm going to say, you know, because they did – <laughs> they did keep this team in the game. It was a two-score game at halftime. It was a two-score game going into the fourth quarter, even though I think that was an interception and we got screwed. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I that play in the third quarter. That. Now, now but, uh, yeah. yeah, we'll actually talk about that one in just a minute. So uh, okay, but yeah. So I mean, yeah, I'm I'm looking at the box score. You're right. They had the five sacks. Daniel Wise got two of them. Um, right back on back-to-back plays. Yeah, and I mean, and that was huge. Um, the the only other guy that really stuck out for me on defense was just Bryce Tornaden. I mean, he is all over the place. He's doing essentially what Joe Janine was doing last year. Um, and actually, to a point, Joe Janine is still doing that this year. Tornaden, I think, is just doing it better this year. He's really, really come on um, in this in this last year for him. So I, I'm really excited to see a guy like like Tornaden. Honestly, I was a little surprised that he wasn't on the Pro Football Focus, uh, you know, Team of the Week. Um, even in the Big 12, I, at least I don't think he was. Um, I thought he had a pretty good game. He didn't. He didn't really give up a lot uh, being being passed over him. But you know the way that they gave up so many points. I'm I, again. I'm not. I'm not that surprised that he wasn't on that team. But I thought he actually played pretty well. So um, in in terms of the offense, like the the one thing that really stuck out to me was that we had um, touchdown passes to Maven Saunders, the transfer from Florida State, and then Dalen Charlotte, uh, the transfer from Alabama. So our two transfer pass catchers got one reception each, both for 18 yards for a touchdown. Um, it was nice to see us kind of spreading it out a little bit more. Um, I just, I mean, yeah, Puka, I, I, I take back what I said. I guess he wasn't really a bright spot. He only had 65 yards on 12 carries, his long was a 16-yard run. Um, and then he only had... 16 more yards on, on three catches. So he didn't really have that great of a game. Um, it seemed like he was having a decent game because he did have a couple of runs that were pretty important, but looking at it overall, it just doesn't seem like he really did that well. So, yeah, which is to be expected. I'm sure that was the focus of West Virginia's defensive game plan. Yeah. Yeah. The other guy that, that played somewhat well, um, on the ground. I mean, again, Khalil Herbert only had 46 yards, but he did have that, that touchdown. And he had that 31 yard run. So, I mean, he had, he had some good plays. I think honestly, it's just that the, the, the Kansas offense couldn't stay on the field long enough for any of these guys to really have a breakout game. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if they had had an opportunity to do that, I think they, they might've actually been able to have a, a better game. They were, they were making some good plays. It just seemed that, you know, we would get the running game started and then we'd have one negative play and we would go away from it for the rest of the drive. Um, and I mean, you really can't do that. You're not going to get, you know, good five yards every single time you run the ball. You're going to have some where you lose a yard or you only get get a yard. You have to be willing to go back to the run um, and just not, a you know, panic and, and immediately go trying to pass the ball over the place. So, yeah. All right. Well, so so Peyton Bender had two touchdown passes, but the one interception. Um, I, I think I think honestly, the the one question I have coming out this out of this game doesn't even have anything to do with Kansas. It has to do with Will Greer over for West Virginia. You know, I heard a lot of people talking about how this is the kind of performance that might cost him the Heisman, 
Um, just, you know, ha- getting picked off three times, fumbling the ball again. Like they, they ended up winning that game, but it definitely wasn't because of Will Greer. It was because of everything else that was going on around him. He did end up with four touchdown passes, but again, one of those was kind of that garbage time touchdown that I don't think anybody was really paying too much attention to. Um, you know, I, he, yeah, but, I mean, stats matter for the Heisman. Uh, stats matter for the Heisman, and that counts just as much as as anything in the first or second quarter. Um, I mean, he still completed, yeah, he still completed 68% of his passes. He still had over 300 yards. He still had four touchdowns. Uh, I mean, at best, it's a minor speed bump. And, yeah, did we expect him to have 500 yards and six touchdowns today? Yeah, but, I mean, he still had a, he still had a solid performance, I thought. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it was it was good enough. If this is the only like if, if if this is the worst speed bump that he has, then I don't think it's a problem. But if he has another right. game or two like this, then it's going to get a lot of people questioning whether he's actually worthy of being in the Heisman discussion. So, yeah. Um, okay, so so just two last things. First of all, you know, KU getting getting four turnovers again. Um, you know, does this what does this tell you more about the problems that West Virginia has on offense or? what the defense actually can do. Cause everybody was saying, you know, them having um, the most turnovers in the nation coming into the game was the quote unquote Rutgers factor, which was also the central Michigan factor since they had six in each of those games. Um, <laughs> right. You know, I mean, is this more, does this tell you more about how good the defense is at being able to force turnovers, even against good offenses or how easy it is for the West Virginia offense to slip and have a bad game? Oh gosh, I I don't know. I I've tried to think about that the last day or so, and I I how do you explain the turnovers? I I don't know. I don't know how to do it. Yeah, um, Central Michigan is bad, and Rutgers is even worse if you can believe that. Um, Rutgers by far the worst Power Five team out there. Uh, but I mean, West Virginia. I've, Greer hadn't thrown – had he not thrown a single interception yet this year, I don't think? I'm pretty sure he had. I, I don't remember. I, I thought he threw one against Texas Tech. Um, Did he have one but I don't. But, I mean, uh, I don't think he's thrown very many. Or three. Many, he, had, he had three. He had 17, 17 to three was his touchdown INT ratio coming in. Okay. So he, doub- he doubled his INTs for the year. Um, but, I mean, man, I don't know because – he was under pressure on – I'm trying to think back to the plays. He's under pressure on at least two of those. Was he under pressure on all three of them? On, on so all it, of the ones prior to the game you're talking about? No, 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 against Kansas. Oh, against Kansas. Uh, to be honest, no. I don't think he was on pressure on any of them, honestly. I mean, like, they had guys in the backfield, but there wasn't anybody that was within a couple yards when he threw the pass. I mean, I know, I know at least the last one where, you know, we intercepted it um, as we were running out the end zone and, and took it down. And then we, and then Bender threw that pick right back that one. He didn't have anybody even really close to him. He just tried to force the ball in, didn't see the other guy. One of his other players was kind of screening um, the KU guy that intercepted the pass from his view. So he just didn't get a good look at it. Um, yeah. The one that, the one before that, I believe when he threw it to Hassan defense, um, the the second one that, that defense got, um, I, I, honestly, I think that was just a bad throw. It almost looked like it slipped. Um, he he might have had a guy somewhat in his face, but again, it wasn't like he had someone on him and affecting the throw that way. It just seemed like he made a couple bad decisions. So, 
Um, I mean, here's here's the question you're asking me, Andy. Let me rephrase your question. All right. Has has Clint Bowen suddenly become a great defensive coordinator? I don't know that that was my question. <laughs> I mean, I think I think you're taking a few too many liberties with my question. <laughs> I think my question was, does this support the thought that this Kansas defense just has some, you know, ability to put themselves in in good situations to get turnovers, um, which is something that Grad and I had talked about right after the Rutgers game. Um, or does it tell you more about the fact that West Virginia is prone to lapses, um, you know, offensively? Well, I mean, I don't, given this, the stats that you were talking about, I don't, I don't think that this is like West Virginia's MO. They don't, they don't give up bad turnovers when they get up or when they're, you know, under, under any kind of duress. I mean, 17 to three is a really good touchdown interception ratio. So, um, I mean, I'm going to pull a Dave. Go ahead. I'm going to pull a David Beatty and sidestep your question. And all I'm going to say is that turnover luck is a real thing. Um, Kansas came up on the short end of that last year. And, uh, and, and, and I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fair to say that the Rutgers game, you know, they had three turnovers, or I'm sorry, they had three interceptions and three fumbles. Kansas did. Rutgers has 12 interceptions on the year now. Um, and then how many fumbles do they have? Oh, you know what? They don't actually track it on the team page. I thought they did. Um, but, you know, I mean, so Rutgers has a lot of turnovers. Like, I think it's fair to say that, the, you know, the quote-unquote Rutgers factor is real. Um, I, it, it's not... That. It's not the same though with this with this West Virginia team. Like they do not turn the ball over very often, and so you know I'm trying to look up the Central Michigan numbers right now as well for their for their uh, team team stats. And I'm not uh, here. We go turnovers, fumbles, lost. Oh no, hold on. That's just the actual one game. I thought I was looking at their their overall statistics for the year, but uh, so they also have 12 interceptions. <laughs> on the year and Kansas, I believe only had two and they had four, four fumble recoveries. Um, I I believe that that's right. So, so, I mean, it is fair prior to this game to say that central Michigan and Rutgers are two teams that seem to be prone to turning the ball over. And so Kansas may have just gotten lucky. Um, I think that this game against West Virginia is the first real indication, you know, like that, that you can actually say that they didn't luck into a lot of these turnovers in the sense of, you know, they, found a team that turns the ball over all the time. And so they were able to get those turnovers. Like they didn't take advantage of a team that is prone to turning the ball over here. I think that they were able to put themselves in good, in some good situations, but you know, it is, it is true that, you know, turnover luck is a real thing. Like we cannot assume that this means that they're going to be able to get a good amount of turnovers the rest of the year. Um, so, and then you, you, you mentioned it earlier, the one not turnover that I wanted to talk about Um I believe was it Hassan Defense again who almost intercepted that pass where they ended up ruling I, it incomplete. Yeah, I think that is correct. So that play, I was looking at it live, and I honestly thought it was incomplete. Um, and then looking at the replay, like if you stitch together four or five different views, you could make the argument that he didn't or that the ball didn't touch the ground. Did you see a very clear view that said to you for sure there's no way that this ball touched the ground, or was it that sort of thing where you're trying to piece together a bunch of different looks to come to that conclusion? 
Yeah, I don't think the cameras were on that. They didn't have enough cameras, I guess, on that play because you're right. There was not one angle that showed the ball all the way through. However, hopefully taking off my crimson and blue tinted glasses, if you just do a little um, – what's the word I'm looking for? If you just do a little common sense, I guess, you know – Putting that together, there's no physical way that that ball could have hit the ground in order for him to get, at least in my opinion. And I just, I, I don't know why there wasn't, and maybe, maybe the cameras just didn't pick this up either. I don't know why there wasn't a more vociferous argument, especially by Hassan. Well, I mean, you know, the, the announcers were talking about, because I was watching that and he was talking about, you know, he didn't see any way yeah. that hit the ground. Um, yeah. the, one, the one thing I will say is the only good view that I had, like it looked like it bounced off of his arm, but the tip of the football was close enough to the field that it might have grazed the field. I couldn't, I couldn't be sure from that view. And then the other views, like you didn't see enough to really tell one way or another. So I can understand why they, they let the play stand just because I don't think there was enough, enough video evidence to be definitive one way or another. Uh, unfortunately, they called it you know, that way as an incomplete pass. But like I saw a bunch of people online talking about how Kansas got robbed. And, and, you know, the, the thing to think about is at that point in the game, I believe KU was only down 13 points. Um, They had just gotten a big stop and had scored to get back within 13. If they had gotten that ball and had been able to do anything with it, you know, they might've been able to actually make it a little bit more interesting and we would have had something different to talk about, but I think they were only down seven at that point, Andy. I could be wrong, but I think it was only seven. Um, try, let me go look. But I, for some reason, I thought they were down thirteen. That that put West Virginia back up. No, actually, I think I think you may be right. I think they were only down a few at that point. Here, let's let's see if we can go find it real quick. Yeah, I'm pulling up the play by play here. But you know, I mean, it was. Thir- it was third quarter. I, I definitely agree, regardless of what the the margin was at that point. Um, yeah, it was twenty one fourteen. Okay, so that was at twenty one fourteen. That's right, because then they went and scored the touchdown to go up by fourteen. Okay, so yeah, like two plays later. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it definitely, it definitely would have changed the complexion of the game at that point. Um, actually, you know what? No, I'm looking at the drive where they went up twenty eight to fourteen. And I don't see a single incomplete on there. So it's not that one. It's not that one. No, I believe it was the one after that. It was, uh, well, here. Maybe it was the one before that. Were they fumbled anyway? That doesn't sound right. Yeah, it was. It was. Because uh, it, it was, it was right, right before the sack. Um. Yeah, because I'm well. That just just throws my whole thing into yeah. I think think it does too because it was that it was that second and ten play where they passed. It was incomplete to David Sills, and then they got an offensive holding, and then the very next play he fumbled. Will 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 Griff fumbled on the sack. So um, it had to have been that one because the one after that, that we thought it was, there was not a single incomplete pass. And I know there was like two incomplete passes in a row. And the second one we almost picked. Um, so yeah, it looks like it was there and we ended up getting the ball back anyway. Um, but the other thing too is, you know, that was, uh, 
It was well, yeah. So it was at the Kansas twenty-three. He would have he would have picked it off at I think the fifteen. So we ended up getting the ball at the at the yeah at, at the forty-four. Yeah, yeah. So has, we actually, that has to be right. Yeah, it has to be right. <laughs> so so we actually I think we actually ended up better off. I mean, other than the whole time, uh, like the time that came off the clock, we ended up better off by the fact that he yeah. didn't he didn't get that pick. So I mean, I, again, I don't know what the momentum of that would have been. Uh, like, you know, if we had gotten the ball back earlier and had been able to put a good a good play together, but you know, once we finally did get the ball back, it was a punt within three play I mean, it was it was a three and out and a punt. So Right. Um, you know, <laughs> I now now I don't think I can say that we were robbed of that interception at all because, you know, a, a different turnover would have come off the board. Um yeah. So I guess we really have no argument about that one anymore. <laughs> yeah, I I guess not. What's Thank uh you. Yeah, I'm 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 actually extremely disappointed about this. Well, you know, I mean, it, it, in a way, it kind of makes it a little easier to to be as upset about this game because you know it wouldn't have made a difference. Like you can't say at all that the defense didn't get something that they should have gotten because they still ended up getting something good out of that. So um, that's just one less one less thing you can say to, to to try to say that this wasn't as bad as we thought it was. So yeah. All yeah. right, so obviously the big news to come out of this, going into the bye week, the way that Kansas played, um, you know, there was there was a lot of discussion, you know, is this going to be the week that David Beatty gets fired? Um, we all know it's coming by the end of the year. There was some thought that maybe we fire him in the middle of the season, give an interim a chance to do something, try to get some positive optics around the program for whoever ends up taking over. Um, you know, we actually were, were talking about this before we started recording, Jeff Long came out right after the game, talked with Tom Keegan while they were still in West Virginia, and essentially said, David Beatty's not getting fired. He's our football coach for the rest of the year. Um, one, are you surprised by that? I think the article you wrote leads me to believe that you were surprised. Um, and two, I mean, can you think of any possible reason as to why he should be kept on through the end of the year? Uh, let me answer the second question first. No. Now on to the first question. Uh, <laughs> um, I, you know, honestly, and I maybe the article that I wrote has a tone that I didn't intend. I'm honestly not surprised that he is still there. Um, I guess I'm just more disappointed. Like, I just thought that if you were going to do it, now's the best time to do it. With the bye week coming up, uh, you can get the interim coach in there. You can get things settled down. You can get the players back into a routine under their new interim coach, um, and, and you can officially uh, start looking forward to the future. Um, and just, I don't know, maybe maybe I just don't like uncertainty. Like, we know it's going to happen, we just don't know when, and it just it's just poking at me, and I just, I don't like it. Yeah, well, I guess I read a little into your first sentence where you said, I expected to be writing an article today, something along the lines of, Kansas finally fires David Beatty. <laughs> so... It sounded like you were a surprise that they didn't fire him, but I can. Well, uh, yeah, more uh, maybe a little surprised, but mostly disappointed. I, I was honestly thinking Saturday evening, in just kind of in my head, I hadn't drafted anything yet. Of well, you know, I should probably do a pre-write for David Beatty getting fired tomorrow morning, and then, you know, Sunday morning came and went, and and by the time the Chiefs game started, David Beatty still had a job, so. Um, yeah, just, just more along the lines of disappointed than, than surprised. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I agree. I, 
I mean, I guess I'm not really too shocked just given, you know, what we've heard from Jeff Long. He doesn't seem to really want to move too quickly, um, which can be a good thing. I mean, you don't want to overreact. You don't want to pull the trigger early. But we have seen enough of this to really, you know, to realize, I mean, there's no way that David Beatty keeps his job at this point. The uh, it, Barring the miraculous, you know, winning every game from here on out, which just <laughs> obviously is not going to happen. Um, no, well, you don't think they're going to beat TCU, Oklahoma, K State, and Texas? They might beat TCU <laughs> because they always play TCU well, except for that, you know, last year. Um, they might beat Kansas State just because Kansas State is really, really bad. But like, even winning both of those games, I think, would be an absolute miracle. Um, oh, Texas, no doubt. Texas. I, I mean, I could say in Bizarro World they might beat Texas because I don't think anybody gave them any shot. Obviously, that Texas team was really bad, but. You know, they beat Texas once, so maybe they could do it again. But there's absolutely no way that they beat Oklahoma unless the entire Oklahoma, you know, defense comes down with the flu the night before the game. Um, yeah, it's that, there's no way that that happens. And, and, I mean, it would take that, I think. They would have to win four of their last games uh, to really have a legitimate shot. Like, they, they have to go bowling or David Beatty does not keep his job after the year. Um, you know, there's a lot of reasons to say he should be gone before the end of the year. Obviously, you know, we've got issues with the recruiting class. We might be down to one in just a couple days here. Um, last I heard, you know, the, the top recruit that they had left out of two um, was thinking about <laughs> reopening his recruitment. So, yeah. I mean, not really a good sign, especially for a guy who was supposed to be a good recruiter to help restock the, you know, restock the roster. That in and of itself, I think, is enough reason to fire him. The fact you only have two at this point in the season, and one of them is thinking about leaving, like that's a really, really bad look for any head coach at any level, let alone a Big Twelve, you know, a Power Five school. Um, you know, but the timeout mismanagement, like we could list here, we could probably spend half an hour talking about all the reasons to fire him. The only reason that you don't fire him now is either because you're talking with someone like you're in deep discussions with someone who doesn't really want to deal with being linked to an open coaching job right now. And so that gives you a chance to kind of go behind the scenes to talk to people, yeah, um, possible. which, which may or may not really be a good reason to not do it at this point. But like, I could, I could see someone justifying it for that reason. Um, or the other reason being is that you just you really don't want to deal with it being open for that long. You don't have anyone on staff that you want to evaluate at all in an interim type of position. Um, you're literally just letting David Beatty play out the string, and you want to let these you know these seniors play for the coach that recruited them, uh, play for the coach that they've been with pretty much their their entire career, you know, and not deal with all the turmoil that comes from that. Like that, I I, I don't think it's a good enough reason to keep him at this point, but I could see that as a justification and I can't necessarily get too upset with that as long as we're all a hundred percent sure that there's absolutely no way that David Beatty comes back barring a miracle. So, I mean, I guess really the only question left is, does it really accomplish anything to fire him at this point? Probably nothing tangible, but, um, I mean, yeah, it would feel I, good. I, just like if yeah. Fred Goodwin Singer got fired, but right, yeah, there, there's that, and it just it just shows. I think it makes a statement. I think it shows that um, you know what five and what what is he now thirty seven five and thirty seven is it good enough at Kansas? Gosh darn it! 
we expect you to win some football games. Uh, and which is terrible by the way, but uh, I, I think it, it just, it just sends a message that change we're ready for change and, and we're actively moving towards that goal. Um, I, I just think it's all about, you know, getting that message out there that, 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 you know, Kansas football is ready to move forward. Uh, because right now it looks like they're not ready to move forward. They're, they're happy with David Beatty. He's our football coach. And that's, it's just disappointing. True. The way that he came out and said that might, you know, cause some people some, some unrest. I mean, yeah, you're right. How strongly he worded that statement to say that he's our football coach. I kind of read into that reading, you know, like listening to that. Um, well, I guess in my head, cause I was reading it in the article, but you know, it, it, it had a very distinct tone of a, he's our football coach for now. Like it didn't say that he was planning on keeping him after this year. So I'm not really too worried about that. Again, I, I mean, I, I think at this point, the only thing that firing him would do is it would satisfy a whole bunch of fans who know that he's not coming back anyway. Like, I don't think there is any tangible benefit to firing him. I also don't think that there's any tangible benefit to keeping him on. You know, the only way there would be a tangible benefit to keeping him on is if there is a, a very um, a very serious candidate who does not want the job to be open for whatever reason because he doesn't want to potentially be linked to it or he doesn't want, you know, to deal with that uncertainty. Um Granted, I mean, again, I I don't think that's a good enough a good enough reason on its own to not pull the trigger and fire him. But I also just don't think that there is a good enough reason on its own to say you have to fire him right now, other than to make some some fans happy. And you know, to be honest, whether we're happy or not, I don't think that makes a difference to the actual football team that we have right now. Like the guys that are playing, they're not while they want to play in front of a bunch of fans. Like they're not going to have a bunch of fans out there anyway. We could fire Beatty right. today, and I don't think it makes one bit of difference for how many people come out to the to the team to to watch the team for the rest of the year. So oh, you're right. Well, yeah. So I mean, we don't get any benefit tangibly from firing him right now. It just basically it means that people are a little bit nicer on Twitter because we don't have David Beatty as a football coach. And right. And right. while it would make me feel better, it would make you feel better, it would make everybody over at Rock Chalk Talk and you know all around KU Twitter feel better it doesn't actually do anything. And so it's not a good enough reason for Jeff Long to come out and say, we have to fire him right this minute. Yeah. So. I, w- I would like to say, Andy, um, did you see the tweet by Matt Galloway, who is the KU beat writer at the Topeka Capital Journal? I don't know uh, I did. Let, let me read this tweet from Saturday. He says, don't read too much into this, but David Beatty sounds more dejected than I can remember in any prior post-game interview, save maybe Baylor last year. A lot of sighing, some monotone answers, and a quiet voice. You know, to me, and I know he said don't read too much into this, but to me, that makes me think that maybe David Beatty thought that the West Virginia game was going to be his last game on the sidelines. And I feel like that he coached that way during the game. If you'll remember in that first quarter, we had um, trick plays, we had fake punts, we had going for it on fourth down of all things. Yeah, uh, they they were they were coaching to try to win the game. Something that we have not seen out of David Beatty in his entire tenure at Kansas, and I I liked that. Like that was it successful? No, but but um, but at least they tried, and and I think that deserves mentioning. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, I definitely liked it at the beginning of the game, but we got halfway through the game, and it, when it looked like Kansas had a decent shot at doing something, he clammed back up and went back to his old way. Right, and they went back to, to conservative football. We had, a, point. Right. we had a horrible timeout. Yeah. We had a fourth and one where we punted it. Right. Um, I mean – and Well, and the play that got it for me was in that fourth quarter, we're down two scores still. West Virginia's punting out of their own end zone – and we try to set up a punt return instead of going after the ball. And then, of course, Kwame Lasseter, the returner, it hits him in the hands, and he drops it, he fumbles it, and West Virginia recovers, and it's game over at that point. Right. Uh, I mean, go after the punter there. Go after the ball. Try to win the game. Yeah, at that point, you're right, yes. Yeah. So, so that was a 28-14, to 14, um, punted it, right. And so the West Virginia 38, he fumbles, and then they drive down, take another three and a half minutes off the clock, and kick a field goal. And at yeah. that point, then it was out of reach. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of the end there. I mean, I don't know that they would have been able to get to it. Um, and so. Right. But you still you, you still try. If In the first quarter, they would have tried. But in the fourth quarter, they went back to conventional, quote unquote, conventional football. And, and I'm sorry, but Kansas is not good enough to go toe to toe with Big 12 teams. They have to do things. Like go for it on fourth and one in your own territory, like a fake punt, like like the things they did in the first quarter to force the issue and to surprise the other team and to to try to gain some kind of advantage because they can't just line up and beat somebody else in this conference. They're not good enough. Right. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, there's a lot, a lot that they need to work on and get a lot better at if they were to be competitive with the Big Twelve teams and right david Beatty, i just i agree i don't think his his approach is is good enough um you know it 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 definitely made me think like this didn't seem like david Beatty was calling the play there I, I mean he probably was but it was such a departure from what he usually does that it made you wonder and and you're right yeah. he definitely was coaching that game as if it seemed like he knew this might be his last. And I don't know that that he necessarily knew it was going to be his last one on the sideline, but I do think, especially given how close that game was at times in the second half, that it was probably his best shot at getting the type of win that he needed to save his job. So, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, he could still, if he if he pulls an upset against Oklahoma or he pulls an upset against Texas, or even maybe he pulls an upset on the road at Texas Tech, that may be enough if they don't get completely destroyed by everyone else the rest of the year, that maybe right, I was, was going to say if they lose by three or four touchdowns to the rest of the league, one game is one oh, game yeah. shouldn't matter. But no, but like I mean, if if they pull off an upset on the road against Texas Tech and then beat Kansas State and lose every other game by ten points or less, I could I could see Jeff Long saying that's enough improvement. Let's keep him around for another year. Which I mean, at that point, I don't know. I don't know what we could really say because right and but maybe but what's the recruiting class look like? There's, well, there's more than just the win loss factor. That's you're right. That's really what it comes down to. If they can, but I mean, I think if they if they're able to do that, then that can be sold well enough to recruits that that could make a difference and it could end up saving his job. But you're right, just winning some games on its own and only getting two members of the recruiting class, you know, and then before you go get a bunch of guys from junior colleges, right. That won't that won't be enough. Like right. they have to get or, or a bunch school. of guys who are headed to Missouri State and oh yeah sure I'll come to KU like well, no yeah. that's not sure. gonna be good enough. Sure sure, but yeah so I mean yeah there's definitely a lot of work to still be done but I mean he was close enough in this game if they had pulled off this upset like I think 
I think he would have, in a way, almost been playing with house money. Like, as long as they didn't get completely destroyed in every game the rest of the year, I think that would have been enough for him to at least be somewhat comfortable that he had a legitimate shot to come back. Um, you know, losing this game the way that they did, I think was, an, you know, at that point, it's a, I have absolutely no room for error. And the way things have gone, I don't, I don't think we're going to be able to do it. Like, I think that's when the reality finally set in for him that this is going to be his last year year here at KU. I don't think it was a case of him, you know, thinking that this was his last game. And so, you know, he thought he was going to be fired the next day. Um, I mean, if, if it comes out that that's what it is and, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, if, if he had been fired and that was actually the case, I wouldn't have been super shocked, but the way that it read to me wasn't that he was, you know, eminently thinking he was going to get fired. It was a man, this was my last chance and I blew it. And so I'm going to be done after this year. Like that's where the dejection was. So that could be true. That's that's possible. But again, I think we're both just reading a bunch into something. It may, it may mean nothing. It may just be that he finally is letting the pressure of losing all the time get to him. I mean, you know, cause he's been a really, a really happy guy. Even when they're, when they get defeated, he's going to, it's kind of a brush it off, man. We just, we just didn't play very well today. We'll get back at it and we'll get it fixed and we'll play better next week. Uh, We didn't see that this, this week. Um, right. You know, even earlier this year, like even after the FCS loss, yeah, you could tell he was disappointed, but he still had that, man, we didn't play the way we wanted to, but we're going to get back at it next week. You know, after the Baylor game, he still had that attitude because it was the first loss after those those two wins. You know, so I think we've finally seen the chink in his, you know, positive facade. And we finally have seen him honestly react to the way that a game went. I don't know we can read too much into what's going to happen to him and when he's going to end up getting fired. But, you know, I think we have, are finally seeing his true feelings about how the games have gone. So yeah, could be. All right. Well, so that I don't want to beat a dead horse anymore. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and leave it there. Were there any other final thoughts, either from the first half of the season or from this game specifically you wanted to leave us with before we get out here for the night? No, I don't think so. I just, uh, you know, I hope we have a good week of practice this week, and and uh, I, ho- I hope we're ready for that, that bye week. When they get here, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I hope we see some Carter Stanley and uh, – That joke never and, gets uh, old. <laughs> go Jayhawks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the uh, – this is probably the only game the rest of the year where they're not going to be double-digit underdogs, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's, seriously, I don't know why that joke never gets old. All right, so we'll go ahead and leave that there. Uh, Mike, thanks Thanks again for joining me tonight. Hey, thanks for having me, Andy. All right, have a good one. You too, buddy. And that'll do it for today's episode. Big thanks to Mike for joining me and suffering through another recap of a pretty painful, I think, Kansas loss. Um, you know, we don't have a game this week, obviously, so our schedule's going to be a little bit different. We will still have an episode on Friday. I'm still working out the details of what exactly that episode is going to look like, um, who we're going to have on, what we're going to talk about. So, um, but either this Friday's episode or the early episode of next week, we will be having some sort of basketball season preview. Uh, with the basketball season approaching us pretty quickly, it makes a perfect sense uh, with no football game to take one of those two episodes to go ahead and get that. So we will have that. Uh, again, I'm, I haven't nailed down exactly who the guest is going to be. Um, we will definitely have have Steve Fetch, our, our, the main basketball editor over at Rock Talk Talk, will be joining us as he typically has been the last few seasons for anything basketball related. So we will, we will have him back on the podcast for that. Um, and then we will be doing some other sort of 
I guess, mid-season review of the football team um, before we get back into our normal schedule the end of next week to, to preview the next game. So uh, in terms of what's coming up the rest of this week, we actually have the Texas game or the, the Texas volleyball match. It is a battle of two unbeaten teams. Um, Texas is, is unbeaten in the Big 12, and so is Kansas, actually, at this point. Kansas is, is hosting Texas. That's at, that's at 8 p.m. It's on Fox Sports Network. Um, you can also find that online. I believe it's also on ESPN+. Plus. Um, so if you haven't found it yet, or no, I'm sorry. That actually, I believe, gets put onto the Fox Sports Network because uh, it's going to be nationally televised. So check, check, check your local listings for that. I think it will depend on where you are. In terms of, you know, where that actually shows up on, on your television, but you should be able to watch that on TV this, this time. So, um, also coming up, uh, you know, there's a lot of other action this weekend. Uh, the men's golf, let's see, there's the big, big 12 match play championship is coming up for, for men's golf, the ITA regional championships for tennis. Um, the, let's see, there's also swimming and diving meet, uh, and then a soccer is actually playing on Saturday. Against TCU, I'm sorry, this is all on Friday. On Friday, they are hosting TCU um, at Rock Chalk Park. That will be on ESPN Plus with Josh Klingler, who was on this program a little bit earlier this year. That's going to be at 7 p.m. Um, and then Saturday, we have all of those kind of continuing cross countries in action as well. Volleyball plays again on Saturday um, at Texas Tech this time. And then soccer will actually play hosting Texas Tech again at Rock Chalk Park um, at 1 p.m. on ESPN Plus as well. So a lot of action to look forward to this weekend. Um, so definitely make sure that you guys keep keep track of all of that. If not, we'll we'll have a recap of of the main action um, happening early of next week. So just a couple other notes that we didn't get to. Um, you know, Hassan defense with his performance that he had in the game against West, West Virginia was actually named the CBS sports defensive player of the week. Um, I didn't see his name on any pro football focus teams. I was a little surprised by that, but you know, I guess I can't always, uh, always be named to those teams. So, uh, and, and there was a lot of other cornerbacks, I think that kind of rated pretty highly. So I'm not, I'm not really horribly surprised by that, but with all the interceptions, I thought maybe he had a shot to get there. So but he, he definitely had a really good game. Um, it was it was an, in a big performance against a Heisman candidate, so it probably got a little bit more attention from the people um, as opposed to the stats. So, uh, so yeah, so we'll but we'll go ahead and leave it there. Uh, and once again, you guys can can get in touch with us. We are on Twitter at Rock Chalk Pod. You can catch our you can email us rockchalkpodcast at gmail dot com. You know, find us on iTunes. Find us wherever you get your podcast. Um, if, if we're not on any particular podcast app that you want us to be on, definitely let me know. I'll do everything I can to get us on there. I'm all about getting us on wherever we can. Uh, but again, we, we always want your comments, your questions, anything else you can do to help us make this podcast better and something that you guys want to listen to more. So, But we will go ahead and leave that there. Thanks again, guys, for, for joining me tonight. And I will catch you next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Podcast Network.